everybody. Grab your Bible, a pencil, and a journal, and maybe even a cup of coffee, and join in on our conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. Romans 8, 28, and 29. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love Him, to those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son, so that He would be the firstborn among many brethren. Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara, I am Dot's daughter, and every week we sit down together and we talk through truth and scripture, and we are talking about Romans 8 this week. And we talked about Romans 8 a little bit a few weeks ago, but we are talking about a specific verse in this chapter, and specifically what it means to be conformed in God's image. So we are really glad that you're here, and we would love for you to pull up a chair and listen in and join in our conversation. Hey, Kara, have you ever heard that verse before? (laughs) Never. We just talked about Romans 8 not that long ago. I know. We're bringing it back. We are because just like these conversations we had about the woman at the well, where this is something at that moment that, you know, I was kind of dealing with, thinking about. I guess I just started our conversations or have started our conversations on the things that God is kind of speaking to me about, it's kind of like, almost like conversations I'm having with God in my quiet time that I'm discussing with you and the people that have joined in on our conversation. And it, it, you know what? I've found over the years, sometimes there's a theme. Sometimes God is like, okay, we're going to talk about this again. And I think maybe this is one of them. It's like, how many times can you talk about Romans 8.28, for we know that all things are together for right. I mean, how many T-shirts have you seen that uh, <laughs> right. verse on? But I, I do want to talk about this because okay. I'm going to bring up some things that I felt like was kind of new a little bit that, okay. I, that I got out of this verse. And it actually came through somebody else, actually. I, it was preached Sunday at church. And, you know, when even I was kind of like you. I could see your face. Other people can't see your face, but I could see your face. And I said, oh, turn to Romans 8.28. You're like, again? Like, what? Yeah. I mean, I love Romans 8. It's one of my favorite chapters. But yeah, I'm like, I know. I, I, what? we just talked about this, right? I mean, you know, <laughs> how many times can we yeah. know that all things work together for good? Which uh, I don't think, it, I, can't, I can't remember, but I don't think we really got into that aspect of Romans 8. I think we talked more about like life in the Spirit and mm-hmm. being we heirs did. of the, Christ. The other chapters we didn't, yeah. No, that's in Romans 8. Mm-hmm. We talked more yeah. about the beginning of Romans 8 than we did the latter part. But anyway, that's true. we can talk that's about true. it every week. If, if you want, we can talk about it every week, Mom. I'm just okay. here I, for you. You are here. <laughs> we are just talking. <laughs> but here's what I'm thinking. Even Sunday when... The pastor said, you know, we're going to talk about Romans 28. Here I am thinking, oh, no. I know that verse. Take heed lest you fall. And I'm not saying that I don't know the verse because I do know the verse. And I've quoted the verse a thousand times. I've memorized the verse. But I don't know. I think sometimes there's different seasons in life and things that you're going through that when you pull up, oh, verses, there's this danger 
of what I had Sunday of just assuming that, oh, I know this. You know, you know like, yeah. Yeah. Which you I, may know it, but there could be something different and new that God brings up. Yes, I, I do Because something you're going that. through or, yeah. You see it through different lens, through your experiences or whatever. Well, because the Word is active. And alive. And, and alive. You know, yes. And it is like God is trying to talk to you. And I think that, well, God is talking to you through the Scripture. But I think not only is it just the, the Romans eight twenty eight, which is we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who don't. I don't know that that alone. Paul definitely was telling the church in Rome, we know this. And I had to stop a little bit and go, do I really know that? I mean, I know it in my head, but when all things aren't working together for good, do I really immediately think, oh, God's in this? Or am I sitting around thinking, other people have hurt me, or it's a wound, and it's being hit all the time, or that the enemy, Satan, is causing all this, you know, problems. And obviously, well, I think Paul was talking about issues. He, he talks about that later on, right after that, about, you know, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And he talks about tribulation and stuff. So obviously, this is in the context of there's things going on that's not so good. And so it is in the context. Yes, it is in the context of that, that Paul is encouraging the church in Rome and like, oh, you know, we know that all things work together. So what I feel like Paul is saying is not all things right now are good. Yeah, I think, I mean, if you look at the second part of Romans 8, it is all, it's all about hope. It's about how the spirit grows Mm -hmm. for us. Like it definitely is language that you would say to someone that is having a hard time, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think that's where, I mean, we can discern the spirit, but I think that's what he's saying is regardless if, I mean, God allows what he allows, and that's a whole nother topic, but is if the enemy's doing it or if it's a hard time or whatever, God still can use it. Like he's still above everything. He's still in control. He's still, he's still like, in all control. authority. Yes. Yeah. Like all authority on earth mm-hmm. is still his, even if, you know, Satan is kind of running the show. Yeah. It's like, he's just the puppet master. Appears so. to be running it. Yeah. Right. And I, and I think that, I think sometimes we get mad at people. We get mad at circumstances. We get mad at issues things that are going on, we get mad of some of our wounds are past. Like, if, are you kidding me? Are we, you know, having to deal with this again? Or are we get immediately our eyes on Satan and think, you know, because we know that Scripture clearly says he's like a roaring lion uh, waiting to devour. He's, you know, wanting to, you know, accuse the brother, and he wants to destroy God's children. We know that. And so when things that are bad start happening, you know, and, and he may be, maybe, I mean, Job, you know, definitely is one of those people that Satan was doing all of that. But then again, we also know that he couldn't do it without the approval or at least the permission right. of God. Which I think and that so, is a whole nother topic because that's like, I think that has a hard thing for people to understand oh, they or hate accept. It. Yeah, yeah, because they it's do like, not want oh, to enter that conversation. Mm-hmm. No, but I do think it's like, okay, well, that wasn't God's intention for evil mm-hmm. to be in the world. So no, that's Genesis 1, too. Yeah. So I think that's like part of it, too. It's like, okay, well, yeah, he's still, but he's still God. He's still in control. He may allow those things, but that wasn't what he wanted 
from the beginning. And not that, anyway, that's a whole other thing. But And that's kind of what I want to talk about because that's kind of, I had so many thoughts about this because, you know, of course, you know, uh, the sermon was about, you know, all things working together. And that's a lot of things and about God's loving us and nothing can separate us. And I think sometimes when bad things happen, we kind of wonder sometimes, is God punishing us? Does God hate us? Is he, you know, against us? And I think that that's why well, Paul I continues said that. later. Yeah, I mean, I said that yesterday to someone. I said, I feel like I'm being punished for doing the right thing. Well, and actually, that and I was knew, me that you said that to. I don't know if you said it to <laughs> oh, someone I, else, but you actually said it to me. I think I probably said someone else, too. Yeah. Whoever would said to listen. a couple people. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I listen. know it was one of those where I'm like, I know in my head that's not what's happening because I know the heart of God. But it's it's really difficult to not feel like that because it's like I feel like I'm I'm trying to do what God is wanting of or asking of me, and I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to follow the Lord, try to be an obedient, all the things. And this is, I am miserable. <laughs> yeah. And we also know that people are persecuted for their faith and like, for their man, obedience. this would be a lot easier if I did mm-hmm. it. Yeah, so yeah. It, I, I, I feel that. It's well, I find it very interesting because in verse 35 of, of Romans 8, it says, Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Well, tribulation or distress or persecution, which you're talking about, uh, famine, nakedness, apparel, or sword, you know, like all these things. I mean, like, can this separate us from the love of Christ? He didn't say separate us from love, from Christ. He said from the love of Christ. And often we think these things are a result of God not loving us and allowing us to go through this. And, and, we're, and we struggle with Him loving us. What are you saying the difference of it doesn't say that it would separate us from from like are you saying that we would be separated from Christ? We're not separ- ever separated from Christ. Right. But often we can feel like we're we're still a follower of Jesus, but we struggle with him loving us. Oh. Yeah. Oh, and you're saying that he just talking about. You're saying that Paul was making a point to specify mm-hmm. that God is loving you no matter what's going on. Right. Yes. Right. God is love, will always love, cannot but love. Yeah. But we often, as you're saying, you know, as his children sometimes, or as we get in situation as the world is even today, and there are people that are going to be persecuted. Actually, Paul persecuted a lot of Christians and eventually was persecuted and martyred for his own faith. But Paul was saying that no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what it appears to be, no matter what things look like, God still loves you. And and you're like, well, I don't think I want God to love me that much. <laughs> yeah, you know, like maybe I, you know, if this is what I, I didn't know I signed up for this. You know, I thought, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. Let's go on that verse. Let's talk about that verse. Right. And and as I Well, love is looking, hard. Love is hard. And sometimes, as you well know, as I am your mother, sometimes out of love, I've had to tell you some hard stuff. Yeah, and I I've had I to, wish you didn't love me so much. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> and I've kidding. had to put some boundaries, you know, because you just have to, because you love someone. And I think, especially when you see the whole picture, because what happens so often is when we're going through a really difficult time or stuff is going on in our lives, we can't look past those walls. We can't look past 
the bondage. We can't look past the darkness. We can't look past the cave that we have found ourselves in. And so I think that oftentimes one of the reasons that we don't feel loved by God is because the only thing we can see, and we see very clearly that there's a lot of darkness around us, and a lot of times through our tears, it's hard to see the presence of God, and it's hard to see the light, and it's hard to see God's love because of you know where we are or whatever we're going through. But I think Paul was definitely saying to the Christians that in Rome that we're having a really hard time. We've talked about it so often. Almost half of all of the Gospels is about the persecution of the church after Jesus left. So definitely almost every book after half of Acts is about dealing with whatever believers who have decided to follow Jesus having to face persecution in hard times. So the fact that it's always bringing it up is because it's always happening. We're just not in heaven. And so this isn't the garden. We don't have just one rule. We have a lot, and there's a lot of stuff going on. But but I do you know, feel like that Paul is definitely bringing up some truths here that they needed to know is that, you know, one thing is that Jesus is interceding for us. Jesus hasn't left us. Jesus hasn't forsaken us. He's still cheering us on. He doesn't condemn us. He's forgiven us. And all these things he's talking about. But as I've been looking through this, and after, actually, to be honest, that's not anything that the sermon was about. But but we know that that's what these verses were about. But what he was talking about was the fact that Jesus, you know, knows that all things work together. Now, as we read that, everybody's like, oh, all things work together for good. And everybody immediately thinks everything's ought to be good. It is very clear that not all things are good. He's not saying all things are good. He's just saying even the bad things, God will use it. They work together. They work together. So you put a little bit of good, they a little bit of bad. They work together for good. Yeah. Yeah. But the end result will always be good. But what I really want to address is, and this is a, a hard topic. We may have to do this. We may have to talk about this next next time we get together. Because like you said, a lot of people are dealing with mad, being mad at God. And like, if God so loved me and... He wants me to have such a great life, then why am I not having one? But I, I want to just talk about that there's a word that I've known, I've probably looked up, I've talked about, I've you know taught on it, but it hit me different Sunday, and and it's hit me a little bit different all this whole week. Because I've kind of just thought about it over and over again. What is it? And that word is conform. Where and is that? It's, <laughs> it Mine doesn't says, say conform, so I don't know. It says in verse 29, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined oh, to, to be, be conformed, conformed to the image. To the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers. Now, here, here, here's something I want us to talk about. What in the world is God doing? What in the world is God allowing? Well, He just told us. Now, to remember, the image of God, 
He's conforming us. He's allowing these things that are happening into our lives to conform us. It's as if it's like an x-ray. I always say this all the time. It's like circumstances, difficulties, struggles is like an x-ray machine. And this x-ray machine, which I'm just going to use a PET scan. A PET scan is something my sister had and people have that I love that they suspect cancer. And so they are given a PET scan and it just it just, just goes all over their like just scans their whole body. And if there is any cancer there it turns green and there's just it's a different color. And for Janice, ironically, she lit up like a Christmas tree. She had cancer all over her body. She had lymphoma. Now that was twenty years ago and they gave her six months, but or the Google said she had maximum six months, but God's so far She's still with me, and I'm so thankful, but she, you know, that's 20 years ago, but she had cancer all through her body. Well, Janice, the day before she had the PET scan, she didn't know she had cancer, and yeah, it's she knew like she was she tired, but it wasn't that the cancer wasn't there. Yeah, she had cancer that even when she didn't know it. Right. Yeah, the but PET scan you, just reveals what you are, the, what you don't know. Yeah, but the cancer's still there. And the cancer is still deadly. I have to, because, you know, queen avoider over here. Uh-huh. I tell myself this a lot because it's like, I don't want to like, I mean, I don't want to look at my bills because mm-hmm. I don't want to have to, you know, I'm like, oh, I hope it's not, you know, I hope it's not too much mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I get nervous yeah. to look or, or listening to someone's voicemail right. or, and I literally have to tell myself, Kara, it doesn't change. Right. Whether I am aware of it or not, you know it or not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. my bill is. If I still, my bill is still going to be the bill, and I still am going to have to pay it. Mm-hmm. Whether I know, like, does it matter? Like, so, me not knowing have, does not me not knowing or me knowing doesn't change. Does the not fact change. That, or even That's if right. someone's upset with me, or you know, like, because I don't, you know, it's like if I get a voicemail from someone or something, and I'm like, oh, I'm nervous what they're going to say, and I think like. I literally have to tell myself that, like, Kara, it doesn't change. Or getting on the scale, that's mm-hmm. one for sure yeah. that I do this with. <laughs> well, I'm like, it's sure, you just get, just get mm-hmm. on the scale. Like, it doesn't, you're, mm-hmm. you still are going to weigh and be, you know, this weight, regardless if you know it or not. So you might as well know what it exactly. is. So you know how much you got to mm-hmm. know where you got to go. Mm-hmm. So, and that, um, and that's anyway, the it's thing. just funny because I'm like, I live my life trying to tell myself that of like, yeast because I will avoid. Mm-hmm. I'll avoid. I know. And so <laughs> this is the same thing. There are a lot of things we avoid that is in us that is has the potential of killing us, that has the potential of destroying a lot of things, not only just our health, but our relationships and and the things that we love. There are a lot of things in us that we have no idea is in us. And until certain things happen, we won't look into that. We, we won't open the, the envelope to find out what the bill says. We won't step on the scales because we don't want to know what it says. But until we're forced to do something like that, I know when I went to Weight Watchers, I thought, why am I paying someone to weigh me to tell me something I don't want to know? And and it's but it was but they have found that 
people that literally go to the meetings and weigh every week are more successful in losing their weight because the scale is definitely a measurement, maybe not be the measurement that they're eating healthier or whatever, but it is a measurement of what they weigh and what they need to lose. And so, I, I, you know, I think that as I was looking at this, that I saw this, like this, not all things work together for good. So he's saying things are going to be bad, but it, you know, but God's going, God still loves us even if things are going bad. And that all these things are going to work together. And the reason that all of these things are in our lives, and the reason that God, who loves us, is allowing all of these things to come in our life, He has a reason and He has a purpose. And that purpose is to reveal what is in us that does not reflect who Jesus is. Does not reflect. Do you see what I'm talking about here? I see what you're talking about. I'm just going to ask a question. Okay. Why should we care to be conformed to the image of His Son? Why is that important? Like, why, why care? Why do we want that? Because that's who we are. We're children of God. This was the ultimate to me. Like, I'm telling you, this little guy that preached Sunday, he did a great job. I'm telling you, he didn't even mention this. I'm sitting there, and I'm writing. I have it right here in front of me, things that he didn't even say. It was as if God opened my eyes to say, remember Genesis 1, when it says, I'm going to make man in my image. And in and our Satan, image. Yeah. And Satan came along and tried to distort who we are as God's child by bringing sin into it. And right. then in Genesis 3, we know that God comes and says, okay, this is my battle. And Satan, I'm going to destroy you. And we call it like, this is the story of redemption. This is the story of God. But this is God's story of redemption, yes, but to redeem us and to restore us back to our original, God's original intent. And that is for us to be in, to look and have the image of Christ. Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to all look Jewish. It doesn't mean that I don't know what Jesus looked like. I don't know, you know, we're, you know, I don't. I don't think Middle Eastern physical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it was. I don't think that scripture is talking about being conformed to the image of Jesus, physical, but is but it's that spirit and the. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering is what is that? It means like I feel like that's one of those things. It's like God's glory. It's like okay, yeah, that's great, but what does that actually mean? Like practically, it's like spiritual language. Okay, it's like the image of. Okay, great. Look. When you think about the life of Jesus, Jesus says in his own words, everything I do, I do for the Father. I am here to glorify the Father. In John 17, he says, as he's interceding and praying for us, he says, Father, I you know, would like to take him out of the world, but I can't. But I pray that they will know how much you love me and I love you and that they would see you in me, that we're one. And I think that being conformed to the image of Christ means that we go back to our roots, that we go back the way God intended us to be, and that is to be a oneness with God, 
to reflect God's glory within us, to look like Christ, to be loving and to be caring. And it's to like, show, like the fruit of the Spirit? Yes, and to have forgiveness and compassion and all of these things. And patience and, and self-control. And patience and self-control. Yeah. All the fruits of, the, of His Spirit. And so all of these things that do not represent, that are in us, that does not represent the character of Christ— and, and it's like the cancer. The, yes. Like you were, you know, before cancer, you were created a certain way. Your body parts looked a certain way. Your, you know, if you had, like my mom had lung cancer, like, you know, before you had cancer, your lungs looked healthy. Now they're diseased, you know, and it, and, and it's like restoring them back. It's conforming us to the, it's shaping us back into our original intent, God's original intent for us, what we look like. We're, we as children of God, we as a follower of Jesus, need to reflect and glorify the character of, of God, the, His loving kindness. And because He talks about that, who's going to separate us from the love of Christ? So we should love. That's very obvious all through Scripture, too. Jesus was not, he says, I don't condemn. We shouldn't condemn people. That does not mean that we don't acknowledge their sin. Jesus clearly acknowledged sin to be sin. He didn't wink at sin and just love everything. He just loved people. But but I think that that's one of the things is love is kind, love is patient. That's in, in uh, 2 Corinthians. So I think those are the things that God is trying to allow in our life so that, you know, you've said it a thousand times, I have too, don't pray for patience. Because how are you going to get patient? No. Oh, no. Then he's going to no. put you in the most, like, situation where you have situation. to have patience. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't but, want patience. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But you do because you want to be I'm just kidding. The, I'm yeah, just kidding. But that's what I'm saying is that this, I, all of a sudden it, it dawned on me that what God is doing in our lives we look at all the frustrations. We look all, at all the things that we are so impatient about and want to do everything we can to get that out of our ways, where in reality, what God is saying, I sent that. I sent that to you so that you could exercise love, you could exercise patience, because in reality, you're going to look a lot more like me when you start living like that. Okay, so how do you think that he does this in our lives? Because it well, says that he's conf- he's conform he conforms us. He does. Into and the image I, of I was us. thinking. Here's my thought. My whole thought process that preceded that question is, mm-hmm. you know, I'm in counseling. Mm-hmm. Big counseling fan. The right kind of counseling. Mm-hmm. Biblical counseling. Yes, I'm not. I'm um, not a big counseling fan. I'm a big right counseling person. Let me just state that to all the counselors listening. Our people are going to counseling. Here's how you know a good counselor is that when you leave, you are more encouraged in your relationship with Christ than you are blaming your mama. Well, sometimes your mama does do things. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but that's not, yes, that's not the point. It's like, you know okay, we saying. talk. Yeah, because I, I, we do that. I mean, I talk through things, but the point is never to just go on and on about my parents. It's like, okay, but let's like actually get to the root of what's going on in my heart. Mm-hmm. Or how can this 
How can this keep me conform to the image of Christ? How can right. this Right, so this is rabbit trail. But my, my thought was my counselor is very good at showing the cancer in my heart, mm-hmm. like pointing that out so that I am conformed. Like we pray through mm-hmm. it there, you know, she doesn't just point it out and leave me there. She's She helps me see what could be in my heart. So I think mm-hmm. it's really helpful to have people in your life who you trust that... That is dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Right. That's what I mean by trust. I mean, like trusting, mm-hmm. like, okay, like they are, they trust the Holy Spirit, like they trust mm-hmm. the Lord. So you can kind of, mm-hmm. and they don't just say like, hey, you have this, but it's like, hey, like let's, thing. anyway. So, but I'm like, not everyone has that. So, and I know that there are other ways. So I, in my mind, I was thinking I, that is one way I think the Lord can conform us is using other people. I mean, you do that mm-hmm. with me. You know, I have my counselor, you know, like I have friends who love the Lord and who are very gracious in that, you know, iron sharpens iron kind of thing. But so that was my thought process is like, okay, that is one way where the Lord can conform us. And I'm sure like reading the word and prayer and all that. So I was just thinking like, what are some other ways? Because not everyone has a great community or not everyone has people in their life that they can trust. Can to lead really, them to the Lord. Yeah. Okay. So here's here's how I've over the years have seen this. And I think on Sunday and, and this week, you know, he he literally just opened up the scripture and he talked about a lot of things that, you know, that I knew. And then he talked about some things that I didn't. But it was as if God was like, wait a minute, don't just leave this for Sunday. Let's chew on this. Let's meditate on this all week. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation about it, because I think it was just like, oh, this is something to pause on and really think about, because we live in a in a place right now where very few people are very happy. We live in a place right now where at any given moment, something terrible can happen. We get, live in a place right now that at any moment, we could be disappointed in people. We live in a place right now that we can be hurt and sometimes feel devastated, blindsided. You know, there, we just live in a really, we, I feel like we're living in the middle of a storm just waiting on the next tornado to come in, or the calm of the storm, or a calm of a hurricane, waiting, whatever. I think we, I think we live there, and and so when these things come, that you feel like, oh my gosh, I just feel like someone just came in here and just tore my heart out, or you know, just ripped my life apart. And you, and you can look at that. You can you can examine the damage. Yes, that's what a lot of counseling does. Is Examine yeah, the but damage. it's helpful for someone else because I can only see so much. It's a PET scan. That's right. It's like yes, I can only it, see. So I see can see you the need symptoms a radiologist. To, yeah, but you yeah. need a radiologist to be able to right to discern it. But right. But what I think, what I feel like God has shown me, and I know it works when I put it in practice. That's one thing to know the truth. Another thing to live it. But is that when I see this happening, I'm not going to say, oh, you know. My life's not just falling apart. Oh, you know, they didn't disappoint. You know, I'm not, I'm acknowledging and I'm honest with what, I'm, I'm honest with acknowledging the damage and seeing what's happened and not just try to cover it over and say, no, we really don't have a storm here. This just looks like my house is falling apart, but it's really not. And I'm just going to name it and claim it because it's not really falling apart. And that's all heresy because if it's falling apart, it's falling apart. So part of it is that you do acknowledge it. The other thing is I can either look to the, and, and watch the situation 
and continually spiral down and continue to keep my focus on the damage, or I can say, God, you have allowed this. God, you're in this somehow. I don't know how you're in this. I don't even know what you're going to do in this. But God, I believe that this is in here for you to teach me something. There is something in this situation that you're bringing to light about myself that you want. Or maybe me not to teach, to but to heal. With. Yeah, heal, teach. You can't be healed on something until you know about it and you understand it. And you yeah, what you can't it. heal, what has not been revealed. That's right. And so, those are the things. So, but but to me, instead of focusing on what's going on or what has gone on or who it came through or how it came and attacked me. It's like to look and put God there and say, God. So you're saying that's conforming to the image? That is. It is acknowledging that it is God's ultimate hand in there and that there's something in me that does not reflect the image of God. Jesus. Yeah. And asking him what is it that you're showing me that it is not of God? What am I? Who am I? Why, how, why has this revealed about me that does not reflect what I believe to be the character of Christ? Yeah, and, yeah, because we can we can also yeah like um, look at our reactions sometimes because I think if we were a little bit more aware of our reactions. Even if it's not a reaction, I am not a reactive person, but I almost need to be aware of like when I'm shutting down, which mm-hmm. is still a reaction, but it's not like explosive, but it's like, okay, wait, like I'm retracting or I mm-hmm. am numbing or, you know, I don't know. Escaping. Well, you are exploding. You're just exploding on yourself. You're just yeah. not, you're not exploding on someone else, but you're exploding inside yeah, like we're aware of those things too. Like that can be our own, our own little PET scans where it's like, okay, like what is... Yeah, and I don't want us to be self-absorbed. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like constantly, you know, go, what do you... It, but you it, know, it, yeah, it's for me? the purpose of conforming to the image yeah, of God. What about, what, yeah, yeah, what is this revealing about me that needs to go because it right. does not reflect who you are? Right, that, or that asking him, if mm-hmm. is this reflecting who you are? Because, I mean, there mm-hmm. is a holy... Righteous anger. I mean, I do believe that there's a holy anger, righteous anger. I do believe that there are few of us that have it. What I believe that what we call holy anger is that we know that we're right, but we're mad because it's affecting us in some way. Other than what I call holy, righteous anger is that I'm mad because it has hurt the name of Christ. Or right. it has hurt how Christ is like being evil. represented like, at the yeah, time. Yeah, like mm-hmm. being mad at evil. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, I think asking God, you know, praying, be like, okay, like, is this... Because I do think, I mean, all of this, ultimately, no matter if you're if it's, like, through a counselor or some a person or just we are self-reflecting or whatever, ultimately, it's the Holy Spirit's job to point out because the Holy Spirit wants us. I mean, that's he's the only one that can change. That's one of the reasons. Right. So I think it's, you know, that too of like asking the Holy Spirit, like show me, you know, where there may be cancer in me, you know, show me where I may not be conformed to the image of God. And I, I think that's one prayer that he will for sure answer. He will. And I think we got to emphasize the word all things. I think sometimes 
we can look at some of the things that we do and be easy to say, you know, God, this doesn't really represent you. My actions are not really reflecting the truth of who you are or our relationship that I want to please you. But Paul said all things. And what that means is even when people do something against us, even when people have hurt us and we feel like we're victims, God uses all things, even other people's issues. And a lot of times it is easier for us to deal with our own issues and try to work through that than it is to try to work through other people's issues that have affected us. And I think that one of the things that that I personally see is that when I see that I'm angry about something or I'm mad about somebody or somebody, you know, I'm critical of someone, somewhere along the line, there's an unforgiving spirit. And if I want to be conformed to the image of Christ, then I'm going to have to look at these situations that have happened to me and know that I'm angry with this person because they've hurt me. And if I'm going to be conformed to the image of Christ, I'm going to have to forgive them. And that's hard because I may not feel like they deserve to be forgiven. But when you're conformed, but when you're conformed to the image of Christ, you have to be reminded you've been forgiven and you didn't deserve it either. If I walked out of a counseling session and she didn't lead me through forgiving someone, mm-hmm. whether a new someone or someone again, <laughs> it would be, mm-hmm. I don't even know if it would be a true counseling session. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm forgiving people left and right. And I'm like, for the, like, I am not someone, I think after, you know, my that really difficult and dark season and I had a, really difficult time forgiving someone. I feel like ever since God brought me to a place to forgive that person, honestly, it's kind of easy for me to, because uh, like being able to forgive them, it was like, oh, if I can forgive them, I can forgive anyone. (laughs) Like if God can bring my heart, not saying it's easy. I just mean like I'm very... You're just aware. I'm just really aware, yes. Mm -hmm. Like ever since then. So, So I say that to say, not like I'm not awesome in that. I'm just saying I. it's just surprising to me how often we do really need to forgive because people, mm-hmm. even in their best interest, I mean, I, I need to be forgiven. You know, like I mm-hmm. am not perfect, obviously. And, you know, so I think that's where it has opened my eyes of like, she'll be like, oh, you need to forgive, you know, them for that. And I'm like, oh, really? I didn't do anything about that because I think sometimes I personally think of like big things of like, oh, well, they mm-hmm. didn't, like they didn't mean to or they didn't, but mm-hmm. she's like, no, that still affected your heart. That still like mm-hmm. hurt you, even if it was like a little thing or, but it was enough that it affected me. And so, you know, like forgiving them for that. And I don't mm-hmm. even, it's never even anything that I tell because it's all people that are still in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. it's not even anything that I'm like needing to even tell them, but it just has opened my eyes of like how much we do need to live in this like just posture of forgiveness and, you know, like And not- that is why God allows us sometimes to be aware of the hurt and the pain that's going on in our heart because he wants, it's a, again, we'll go back, it's like a PET scan. And when your counselor says, oh, well, that's, that's a part of forgiveness. It's like the mm-hmm. radiologist going, hey, do you see that little spot over there? Yeah. That's and cancer. The, like sometimes over and over, like I'm like, for the mm-hmm. love, I've forgiven this person mm-hmm. 20,000 times, I feel like. Yeah. 
but it's different things that come up that show up, you know, like mm-hmm. different things that light up like in the PET scan. And it's like, oh, and, like maybe that spot was forgiven, but then God brings up another spot that's like, that hasn't been or hasn't right. been healed yet. And I'm like, oh. And you know point. what? Uh, we're, in, we're in good company because when Jesus was alive and he's walking around, it's like Jesus, you know, is talking and the disciple says, how often should I forgive? How often, Right. Yeah, and he says seventy times seventy over and over again. He's like, "Whoa!" You know, they didn't. I've done that. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but here's one of the things that many years ago, when I was, you know, going through a hard time as well, and I was just talking to someone. I haven't ever been to counseling. I send a lot of people to counseling, <laughs> being a mother and whatever. But, uh, but I remember we uh, don't talk about you. Godly, often, don't worry. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> just if you don't, just call me, and I got plenty to tell. Them. <laughs> But I, I do remember just sharing. This is a woman that was ahead of me in years and ahead of me spiritually. And I was talking about something about, you know, she always hurts my feelings when, you know, I get with her or start talking to her. And she said, you know, back then we were on land phone. That, I don't know if you know what that uh-huh. is. And so I would hang up the phone. I'd be so mad at something that she said. She would, as a friend of mine, it's always hurting my feelings. And I mentioned it one day to this older lady, and she said, you know, every time you get off the phone, every time she hurts your feelings, at that moment, you say, I choose to forgive this. Mm-hmm. And, and she said, immediately. You don't wait until, you know, you start, you know, getting stomach aches, or you don't wait until your face begins to show you've got bitterness. Yeah. You, every single time that you feel like, I think she just, you know, she hurt my feelings about that. Immediately, you go because you know forgiveness is a choice. Mm-hmm. Jesus chose to forgive us, and we didn't deserve it, and they don't either. And so, what you do is every time you feel that you've been hurt or somebody's hurt you, you just immediately say, "God, right at this minute, I choose to forgive them." When those things happen, and you're putting that into practice, what you're doing is Romans 8, 29. You are being conformed to the image of Christ. And so, you know, as I was thinking about that and thinking about stuff that's going on and things that I can watch the news and I can watch certain people, I can listen to certain people, and there's something rise up in me. I just want to go and throw something at them. I get angry with it. Well, I know I have issues. But and you know, and I get that. I'm like, God, why is this, you know, stirring up in me? And it could be something that I feel like that they're saying that is against Jesus that I love and adore. Mm-hmm. But it could be something that they're pushing a button that I need to just say, God, I think this is what you're doing. Is this what you're doing? And how would you respond in this situation? And as I ask God how he would respond in the situation, then I'm aware of the situation and I am on the path of being conformed to the image of Christ because I'm asking him, how should I respond? What is really going on? And through those difficult things, then I am living out Romans 8:29, for I am being conformed into the image of Christ. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen 
or visit her website, .bowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen. Bowen.